Okay, let me start with a story this morning. You know, there was this Sunday school teacher who was teaching a group of young children. I mean, she wanted to teach them about heaven. So what it takes to get to heaven. So she asked a simple question. Says, what do you have to do to go to heaven? So she asked, if I sold my house, if I sold my car, have a big garage sale and sell everything in the house and then give the money to the poor, would it take me to heaven? The children replied, no. What if I come and clean the church every day? I work in the church. I clean the church, make everything ready for Sunday. The people will come and worship God together. Will that help me? Will that make me go to heaven? No, the children replied. Maybe if I'm kind to the animals, kind to people, my neighbor, help them carry the sick to the hospital, take the sick to the hospital, that will make me go to heaven. Again, the children replied, no. So, what do I have to do? She asked, what do you have to do to go to heaven? And one child replied, you've got to be dead. <laughs> you've got to be dead to go to heaven. But is it true? Are you sure you've got to be dead to go to heaven? What do you think? Yes and no. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15, 15 verse 50 onwards. I think the verses is up there. 1 Corinthians 50, 15 verses 50 onwards. And it says, I declare to you, brother, my brothers and sisters, that the flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does perishable inherit imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flesh, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable and mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and mortal with immortality, then the saying that's written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Verse 55. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 58 reads, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So after reading this scripture, would you agree with the five-year-old kid who says you must be dead to go to heaven? Not necessary, right? Sometimes if you're still alive and Jesus Christ comes again, we'll all be gone. But I'm sure wherever you are, whether you are here, whether you are in Kota Kinabalu, whether you are online, that one day we will all be resurrected and go and dwell with the Lord Jesus Christ. But until that day comes, we still are on earth we still have a work to do. We still are living on this earth. And how we live on this earth until that very day this reflects on what God has, what we have, how much we have allowed God to be part of our life. So the question comes then, when does eternal life begin? Does it begin after you die and then with Jesus? Or do you have to wait until Jesus Christ comes again, then eternal life starts? 
Definitely no. Eternal life begins the day you and I started believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's when eternal life starts. That's when a new life starts in all of us. And just as we are going through the spirit of reformation this whole month, just as reformation brought about a transformation more than 500 years ago to the church, this also can happen in your life and my life. The moment we believe the Lord Jesus Christ, transformation changes will occur. So the first thing, to experience, therefore, this life and this eternal life right from the day you believe. Number one, I think change is necessary. Change is absolutely necessary for your life and my life. What did Paul say? Paul says, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. It sounds very theological. And uh, sometimes, but what actually Paul is trying to say is, there's no way you can ever achieve the enduring value in God's eyes. That means you cannot get God's approval by doing your natural or using your natural human resources. You can never get God's approval by living the way, the natural way that you have. That's what flesh and blood means. Flesh and blood cannot do anything of value in the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot lay hold of the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood cannot achieve anything by itself. But unless it changes, then it can seek and do things for the kingdom of God. That's what Nicodemus, Nicodemus asked, isn't it? When Nicodemus went to see Jesus, what must I do? Inherit. Jesus Christ says, you must be born again. You have to start all over again, just told him. And of course, the question comes, he says, how can I go back to my mother's womb? But that's what you're saying. Eternal life, once you believe, you start a new life. And you can make your life worthwhile. That's the mystery that happens, that's what Paul is telling us here. Huh? So that's the mystery Paul, is, that's, the, that's the mystery Paul is telling us here. You know, But as we, as uh, Jit shared with us, you know, to go to India, you need a passport, you need visa. And then to come back to Malaysia, you need a passport. Otherwise, you will not be allowed to come back to Malaysia. So the passport guarantees that I am a citizen of Malaysia. And therefore, need a passport to enter the country. Same with heaven. You want to go to heaven? You need a passport. To become a citizen of heaven, you need a passport. And that passport is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. Coming to trust and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And if this morning you are seated here, or if you are listening online, and if you have not got that passport yet, if you are not a citizen of heaven yet, then this is the opportunity for you that you are listening here is not by chance. It's not that you just happened to be here and God is speaking to you, but God is giving the opportunity right now to come and believe. You may have been sitting here for many years. You may have been listening to this sermon after sermon, talking to Christians. 
But if you haven't put that personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you have got no passport to enter the kingdom of heaven. Nothing you can do will earn the way to heaven. Nothing that we can do will earn the way to heaven. I ca we cannot do good deeds. We cannot uh, claim church membership. Even I can claim the title of pastor. Even my position as a pastor doesn't guarantee. Because people can have all kinds of titles. But only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will guarantee or will assure place in heaven too. Of a citizenship in heaven. So, come. If you haven't trusted Jesus Christ, this today is the time. Just come and believe in Him. No, many Christians. I mean, here Paul tells us, you know, as we become citizens of heaven, we must reflect the qualities and the life as a citizen of heaven too. Right? How then do we do that? So, life has to change. Life has to change. We are troubled by so many things, but until we are ready to allow God to change our lives, we can never experience the fullness of the kingdom of God. I want to, let's look at a video. This is the story of an eagle. An eagle has the longest lifespan of its species. It can live up to 70 years. But to reach this age, however, the eagle must make some tough decisions. In its 40th year, its long, flexible talons can no longer grab prey, which serve as food. Its long, sharp beak begins to bend. Its old, aged, and heavy wings, due to their thick feathers, stick to their chest and make it difficult to fly. Then the eagle is left with only two options. Die, or go through the painful process of change. The process requires that the eagle fly to a mountaintop and sit on its nest. There, it knocks its beak against a rock until it plucks it out. Then the eagle will wait for a new beak to grow before it plucks out the talons. When the new talons grow back, the eagle starts plucking its thick, heavy feathers. And after this, the eagle takes its famous flight of rebirth and lives for another 30 years. Why is the change needed? To survive and live. 
we too have to start the change process. We also have to pluck our unpleasant memories, negative habits, and fixed mindset. Only freed from the past burdens can we take advantage of the present. Yes, once we become citizens of heaven, we must be ready and willing to change our lives. We may be painful, we can break, we have to break some of the old habits that afflict us and really break them away. But the wonderful thing about our citizenship in heaven is that while we say we must break the habits, we don't do it alone. We have got God's Spirit there to help us, guide us, to enable us to break these old bad habits, vicious temper, lustful minds, which turn everything into sexual fantasies. We've got a bitter spirit against people, against issues, against so many things. And Satan is not going to let it go easy. Definitely he's going to come, interfere and try to prevent you from breaking away from all these bad habits. But we are, if we want to experience eternal life here on earth, then we must be ready for that change. We must be willing for God to, God, to let God come and change our lives. How can we get free from those terrible feelings of guilt, from those uh, pain that comes when we see those who have hurt us prospering? How can we escape sometimes when we have hurt others and then we find it difficult to forgive? We have to learn. Come before God and allow God to change us. Allow God to break away from our bold bad habits and our ways. You know, very often, God is ever ready come and bring about that change. The only question is whether we are ready to allow God to change us. We, sometimes we try to cling to them. We want to hold on to them because, well, they are good. I mean, you like them. But they are not fit for the kingdom of God. Sin has no power over us anymore. That we read just now. The sting of death is over. Sin that cause the, we are freed from the power of sin. We are freed from the penalty of sin. Yes, we may, we may face sin, presence of sin everywhere in this world today, but we are no longer bound by it. So, we can always break away from that old habits, the old man, the old nature that we have been brought up with. We often say, we often think, oh, I was brought up that way, I grew up that way. It's, no, I am like that. But later on, we'll see it is not necessarily so. So allow God then, allow God to come and make that change. Change is absolutely necessary if we want to experience that eternal life right now. Secondly, <coughs> let's claim the victory. I mean, Jesus Christ has gone to the cross yeah, before that, let me read, just read verse 57. Just, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we all know Jesus Christ went to the cross. He died and he rose again. The victory over death. We all know that. It's a fact. 
And every year, we celebrate Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, remembering that too. Every day of our lives. But while we may know that, in our minds we may accept that, many of us do not lay hold of that victory. Many of us don't claim that victory. And many of us live defeated lives because of that. When we, instead of when we encounter problems, when we encounter issues, when we encounter, our, you know, when we suddenly fall into sin, and then we yield to temptation, say, I am like that, lah. I'm defeated. I can't do anything about it. But notice what, Jesus, what Paul says here. He says it, it is not Jesus who gave us the victory, but thanks be to God who keeps on giving. It's in the present tense. And it gives us the victory always, day by day. As our life is renewed, victory comes. Yes, it's going to take a process. It will take time. No question about it. But we must be willing to allow God time and reveal to us hindrances, things that prevent us or hold us back from experiencing that full eternal life. Jesus Christ is alive. And because He's alive, He's with us every day through His Spirit. And because His Spirit dwells in us, His Spirit is able to work in our lives. Only problem, whether we would allow Him. That's the, that's the issue that comes along. When I find myself sometimes having failed, sometimes disobedient, Sometimes having my own ways. Then I find, God, what do I do? I tell God. There it goes again, Lord. I, I can't seem to overcome this sin in my life. I can't seem to overcome this problem in my life. It is bugging me on and off. Yes, victorious one day, then next day I fall back again. But here he tells, I have, Want that battle over sin, that sin. All you have to do, he tells me, is that, come, I will enable you to overcome that. Trusting in him, letting him do the work, he will set me free too. So we can say no. We can say no to temptation. We can say no to that sin. Whether we want to or we don't want to, that's all. Our old man always says, I like it. But the new man doesn't say. That's why Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.17, he says, Therefore, in any man is in Christ. Next slide. Therefore, any man is in Christ. He's a new creation. The Amplified Version says it even better there. But let me read to you my, the version I know. Not the version I know. The memory verse that I know. <laughs> if anyone is in Christ, a new creation, behold, all things are passed away. Everything has become new. So the old has passed away. Do you believe that? The old has passed away. My old ways, my old habits, my old value system, they are no more there with me. And now we become a creature. So we have to learn to let go. Cut away off from the old ways. If we come and say, No, Lord, I... I am like that. 
my nature is like that. My character is like that. That's why I am like that. Then we make God a liar. Because God says, everything has become new. And if things have become new, that means the old things would have all gone away. And so the question comes again. Are we willing? Are we ready to let God change us? Now, earlier in verses 33 and 34, Paul tells them, he says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. In verses 33 and 34, huh? Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning as though you are ignorant of what God can do. I say this to your shame, Paul tells the Corinthian Christians. Come back to your senses as you ought. That's what Paul tells us. And so, let's be ready. You know, my contention is that Christians... I mean, it's not that Christians will never be tempted. We will all be tempted. We're all racism. But the notion that we often reject is that I am not dominated by sin. We cannot, we cannot say we are dominated by sin. We cannot say I yield to sin because I got no choice. I gave in to that because I, got, I can't do anything else. No, the choice is yours and mine. Because the victory has been given. Jesus Christ has won the victory over them. So why do we still struggle? Why do we still struggle with sin and the old man that dwells in us? Okay. Well, maybe because we have been taught, we have been taught to expect that struggle will always be there for the rest of your life. Okay, Because of who we are. Because now the old nature is fighting the new nature. So there's always a struggle. True, it's just struggle. But believe that you're a new creation. Romans chapter 6, verse 11 tells us, Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So we are dead. I don't have to yield to sin. Another reason could be because we got our thought patterns, the way we think, and they need to change. Because, nah, let's put it this way, nah, we've been brought up according to the values our parents taught us, according to the system of the government, I mean the country that we are living in, the ways may seem right. But the old value systems, the old ways are still there. And they need to change. Our minds need to be renewed. Because this Christ has given us the victory. So, as Romans chapter 12 verse 2 tells us, be renewed of your minds. By the renewing of your minds, let the word of God come and change and transform your minds. That your thinking and your ways and your values will be that of God. And of course, another reason why we still kind of struggle is we are in a world controlled by Satan, by the evil one. So he and his, all his little devils and cohorts are never going to stop attacking our lives. They are, they are going to always prevent and tell us, come and tell us, oh, there you are, there you go, you fall down, you sin again. Look at you. You are weak. And God is not going to accept. So, He's going to attack. But then, as I said earlier, we have the victory. 
Jesus Christ has given us a victory and we have to claim that victory and tell, no, I'm no more under your control. Now God's Spirit dwells in me. And all boils down to the common fact is that many of us don't want to break away from our old habits. We can, and God will enable us if we only allow Him to do. So, we have to change is necessary from the old man to the new man. Victory has been given. We can, and we can change. But therefore, once we have changed, what do we do? What do we do after we have changed our lives? We come to the same The final verse tells us of this. It says, Therefore, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The third one. The third one, the third point is that we are, our life must now be resurrection driven. Next one. Okay? Resurrection driven life. Or as uh, Romans chapter 1, 12, chapter 12, verse 1 tells us, let's be a living sacrifice for the Lord. The one thing that we must always remember, no, one thing I always remember is, God does not care what we do, but God cares why we do it. Why do we do it? Yeah, you can do a lot of things in God's name. It doesn't, it doesn't bother Him at all. But why do you do it is what God wants to know. Do you do it because we love Him? Do we do it because we want to enjoy, give Him pleasure? Do we do it because we want to do what He has purpose for us to do? God is interested in why we do. And that knowledge will give us the impetus to go on serving Him. The knowledge that God has given us, the victory over sin, the knowledge that we can be changed, our lives can change. And to be more and more like Christ provides us the impetus for living. What do we do after church? Why, do, as we go back after church, maybe to your neighborhood tomorrow when you go back to work, to school, to college, wherever you are, why? Do not just go and say, oh, I've got to work, I've got to earn money, or I've got to go to school, I've got to study. I got to prepare, I got to college, get a degree, and so on. Yeah, it is true. That's all. But realize that God has put you there. God has put us in our neighborhood for a purpose. Wherever we are, whatever we do, God has a purpose for putting us there at this time, that place. And God has given you and I the opportunity to have a ministry wherever we are in which you witness, you demonstrate a changed life, you have, you, your heart is at peace. God looks at how we are going to behave in our life with others too. How do we show? Caring spirit, loving spirit, forgiving attitude, not willing to return evil for evil, but returning good for evil. Speak a word of encouragement. Just to give a listening ear. Someone. Whether it's in your college, in school or work. Maybe to go pray for the sick. So many things you can do. God also still. That is the work of the Lord. That's what God is doing. 
Now, three words. Three words describe our obedience to God in, as we live here. First one, be steadfast. Next one. First one is be steadfast in the faith. We have to be steadfast in our faith. After we become citizens of heaven, our faith will be challenged. Definitely. A lot. Not going to be easy standing up for the faith. So, be steady. We have to learn to be steadfast and steady as we move forward. To keep on going and not to give up. You know, because Christian life, I mean, living, become, living the Christian life, as I said earlier, yes, it may be a struggle. And always the flesh fighting against the spirit, the evil, uh, the old nature against the new nature, new men. But we have to keep on going. Keep on moving forward and not looking backward, but going ahead. Because that's what God has prepared for us. Don't start and give up halfway. Because God doesn't expect us to be, you know, doing great things, flashy things and so on. But God wants to see a faithful, obedient heart. That fast for Him. So let's not grow weary. Let's not grow weary. Secondly, it's immovable. The next one. Be immovable. What is immovable? Don't be swayed by teachings, false teachings that come along the way. False doctrines, false teachers, telling all kinds of things. But our, we must stay firm, immovable. Our foundation is firm in the Lord Jesus Christ and our, will not be moved. So, you know, today there are plenty of, you know, because of social media, you get all kinds of news, all kinds of prophecies, all kinds of people telling this, telling that. Oh, end is coming soon. You've got to do this, you've got to do that. Economy is going to fail. Therefore, you know, we've got to prepare. And so many other things. I mean, the world is not in a good shape anyway. But our faith in God must remain strong, immovable. Keep your balance, stand strong, and don't be shaken easily. And don't let the flood of what Satan is doing, all his temptations and uh, accusations, shake our faith and move us away. Nothing should knock you off the foundation because of the hope of the resurrection that comes for us. And thirdly, we are called to abound, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be a witness wherever you are. That's all. We are called witnesses be off in the work of the Lord. And we can do this because our God is eternal. We cannot say, time to retire. I used to wonder, uh, 70 years old, it's time to retire, isn't it? Why you still want to go and hike the hill? I was, I was walking up there, I was 70 years old, why you want to go up? Uh? But God taught me a fresh lesson again. The relevant, the, why people need the gospel. So you can't start halfway, can't go, but always abounding in the work of the Lord. Remember, God has placed you where you are right now for a purpose. Know that purpose. Do. Ask God, what do you want me to do here? Why am I here at this time, at this place for a work? And the wonderful promise is that knowing that your labor in the Lord is never in vain. Your work for the Lord is not a waste of time. Whatever you do, whatever you may think, it's very small, insignificant. 
But God appreciates it. God enjoys it. Your service is not useless. Your worship is never a waste. Your giving is never wasted. Every single cent that we give, even for the work in India, God is... I mean, your, 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 one, your few dollars may have blessed one person. Brought the gospel. That school bag for the children, when you see the smile on their faces, it's amazing. But that turn them in their hearts back to the Lord. So as we, as we close, let me just share these take-homes. Know who you are in Christ. We have got a new life. We have got a new life in Christ. Claim that authority. Claim that victory. And do it right. Know your Bible. So that you'll be steadfast, you'll be immovable. Go back to the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Read. So that you will not compromise the teachings that come along. Know that change will occur. Change will occur and will happen in your life. It will. Whether you like it or not, change will happen. And because change is going to happen, it can be painful just like the eagle. But ultimately, after you endure the pain, find that life gains again, just like the eagle. And you will, God, will, God will just lift you up another level in your faith. And God will help you to grow too. And finally, Know your calling. I put something that's different. Abound in your calling. So devote yourself fully to God's work. Remember, we are all here as citizens of heaven at this time for a purpose. We are not here by chance. Our old man has gone. Our old ways have all gone away. Now, we are a new person. A new man. A new creation. And God will use you. God is going to use you mightily as long as we allow His Spirit to come and lead us. As we surrender our lives to you, maybe you've got uh, you have some things in your that you want to clear, something you want to lift up and surrender to the Lord. As we sing that song, tell the Lord, you can come forward, we'll pray for you, the pastors are here. Or if you have still are not have not believed Lord Jesus Christ yet, then come forward also. The Lord may work in our hearts too.